Harris is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? He's going for the corner. Kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Welcome back to another episode of the Fifth Year Podcast. We are super excited to get another episode out there starting off week nine. Can't believe it's week nine already. Um, before we jump into it, Parker, the floor is yours. Yep. Like Clint said, appreciate everyone joining to listen. Uh, been a fun season so far. Uh, it was fun last week having Zach Ruley join us. So going forward, he's going to he's gonna be joining us weekly. Um, he brings really good insight. And having another voice, I think, really makes – kind of completes the pod. So, uh, Ruley, we're excited to uh, welcome you aboard. Yeah, ready to get rolling. All yeah, right. we uh, – we, we kind of like the three, three people is a good, it's a good mix. So we thought we enjoyed last week's episode. So we wanted to bring them on full time. So let's get right into it. Uh, recapping week eight, start off really. I apologize, brought it up on last week's podcast. You, you were telling everyone to delete the tweets and it came sooner than we thought. Uh, but yeah, Iowa State ends OSU's undefeated season. Good game from both quarterbacks. Xavier Hutchinson was the difference maker. 12 receptions, 125 yards, and two touchdowns. Iowa State also held Jalen Warren to 76 yards rushing, which ended Warren's four-game streak of at least 123 yards. Parker? Really all you. You all like you. Yeah, so it was – I mean, I thought it was a phenomenal game, and uh, – Gundy said it in the post-game presser. It just came down to one or two more plays they made that OSU didn't, which is 100% true. Uh, I mean, Iowa State did a phenomenal job shutting down Jalen Warren, who, which hadn't been easy to do this year. But that being said, they they there is a positive for OSU to take away. I think that was Spencer Sanders' best game ever. Yeah, he looked really good. He looked – I mean, the throw to Tay Martin in the – Unreal. That was the best, that's the best throw of his life, if I had to guess. Um, that was an NFL type throw, but um, I think the the fourth down call where Presley they, he was short, he probably got it. Um, but at the same time, there's no guarantee that we're getting a touchdown or a field goal, even uh, especially after the kicker was over too. I think if you were going to point a finger at something that went wrong earlier in the game, it's probably Gundy kicking, opting to kick on those two fourth and short, one and fourth and two early in the game. One of them leaving Tanner Brown, your who was your backup picker, a 50-yard field goal. I mean, road environment. Um, I think if he could do it back, he'd probably go for both those. But pretty good game. It kind of hurts for me as somebody. I have – so I've never – I didn't think Iowa State was going to be um, everything they were built up to be this year. I actually took the under on the nine and a half for their win total. And I have Oklahoma State win total over seven and a half. So – um, with Kansas this good. week, yeah, with Kansas this weekend, that would have been um, darn near a lock on both those. But yeah, but I still like your chances of both those. 
Yeah, especially with Iowa State having to play OU and Texas still. I, I don't hate where I'm at on that one. And now this home stretch uh, of Big 12 play is going to be really, really fun. Uh, OSU, Baylor, Iowa State all tied up in that second spot. Um, and all three have played each other. So I, the, what's – say at the end of the season they – and they all three have to play OU still. So, they're I mean, they're all in basically the same spot, except OSU's got – the advantage OSU, I think, has is that they've gotten their Texas win out of the way. Now Texas has to go back-to-back yep. back with uh, Baylor and Iowa State. So they could hop back in it, too. Right. And I'm and that'll be a big one this weekend in Waco is UT Baylor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what uh, – I mean, I guess I'll just add my thoughts on the OSU game. I feel that – I mean, like you said, there's not really much you can point to that OSU could have done differently. They played a really good game. Iowa State played a really good game. I mean, it was the best best game, best played football game of the weekend, I think. Um, Iowa State, once again, Brocktober is here, and they're just hard to beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get <laughs> – you love that? You like that, Brocktober? I actually – see, I actually don't mind. Um, like, I saw a video of Matt Campbell after the game, kind of trying to help Spencer Sanders off the field. So I, I actually, I think Matt Campbell seems like a pretty, uh, I love that. Video. I saw that too. Yeah. That was a good video. I've yeah. always liked him. And He's like, a, he, he always wants to pick Gundy's brain about how he built a program that was not, I hate to say cellar dweller, but uh, obviously Oklahoma state wasn't in the best shape in the world when Gundy took over and same with Campbell. And, um, it seems like he has a lot of respect for Oklahoma state and, and our coach. So he, he seems like a, a genuine dude. Yeah. Very genuine. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add on the game before we move on? Um, if if Spencer Sanders can play like that for the remainder of the year, uh, I don't see anybody besides Oklahoma beating OSU. Because the defense, I don't think that'll happen again. The defense actually kind of got – I'm not going to say taken advantage of or anything like that, but they only had one stop in the last five drives um, yeah. Saturday. So that's that's the worst they've looked all year, but I think that'll be corrected pretty quickly. Yeah, who, who on the schedule – I mean, they've got what? They've got KU, TCU. West Virginia in Morgantown the 7th of November, and then um, Tech is the 23rd, I think. Or the is 20th. that in Lubbock or in Stillwater? It's in Lubbock. So that could be a, a trippy game, but with Tech just firing their coach, I, there's no telling yeah. how the rest of their season goes. Yeah, right. All right, moving on. Illinois beats Penn State. Penn State's college football playoffs, playoff hopes probably come to an end, most likely. Yeah. Um, but Illinois really dominated them on the ground. They rushed for 357 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per carry. I also want to add, I think you liked that tweet, but did you see really, I don't know if you saw the picture of, it was like eight down linemen. Just, oh, it was, yeah, it was Cole Kubelik. It was awesome. Yeah, it he was tweeted awesome. It. He's a big O-line guy. At the, yeah. That, it, that was I mean, I know, literally – it was a one running back or was there – I don't remember. Was there a fullback? I think it was nine like, down line. I think it was single, single back set. Yeah. With, yeah. That was yeah, – So they were running the power. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was a uh, a good win for Brett Bieleman year one at Illinois. Uh, and we really got the first taste of these new overtime rules after three – or ha- now starting the third overtime, they do those just quick fire – each team gets a two-point conversion, and neither of these teams could get in the end zone. Yeah. Both these offenses stink. Uh, do you guys like it? The new uh, overtime? I kind of enjoyed it. It's I I do like it. it. I think it should start later. I think like fourth over. Yeah, I think third is so a too. little bit early. That's fair. Yeah, but, but was, I, I don't mind it. Early. Yeah, there's no. Per, I mean, both the college, both the college and NFL overtimes are very flawed. I don't know how you NFL it, is though. the most flawed thing yeah. ever. 
Yeah, I mean, it's better than that. So, yeah. Um, but I don't mind it. But, yeah, this was a horrible loss. Penn, Penn State, their offense is not that good. Uh, I actually think that uh, Yersich has done a decent job calling plays. But Sean Clifford, when he can't use his legs at all, that offense gets even worse. Uh, they got some good athletes on the outside, but their offensive line is just not very good, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, good, good win. I mean, that was not a fun game to watch, though. Mm-mm. Well, and the best part about um, Illinois running for that many yards was Bielema basically said in his press conference last Monday, he's like, I don't think I have anybody on the 2D worth of shit. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Now, whether they, that was like a direct insult or I think, I think he was kind of, I think there was like, not. I think if you look at the whole script of that it wasn't as bad as it sounded but yeah that clip that pulled out of context it's like oh man he, he thinks, oh, yeah, he thinks Steve sucks yeah that are defending their results for this year because they're not his right. recruits or something like that but yeah exactly which I he's a it. very good offensive line I, li- yeah. I like I like a lot I mean I think he's yeah. gonna he, he's a good fit for Illinois if he can't yeah get it done there then I mean he is very big 10 football he's the guy was born to coach big 10 football oh right. yeah all right anything else Nah. All right. Moving on. Deep breath before we go into this topic. Get our uh, frustration out a little bit. But OU is just continues to be a mystery. Uh, saw this stat in the last three games. They've been number one second half scoring offense, averaging 32.7 points in the second half. And in the first half in those three games, they're averaging 14.7. So completely lopsided scoring. And I just I don't even know what to think about them. Yeah. The, the I mean, they're I really don't know because KU especially in the first half, just picked picked apart the OU OU defense. I think I'm not worried about Oklahoma's offense. I think yeah. they I mean they scored 35 points in the second half. I think scored on every drive. The defense was just getting I mean picked apart and run all over. I mean they OU couldn't create any penetration with they've had to move out to Isaiah Thomas inside. They should get Redmond back, which should hopefully help them, but they're uh I mean they're getting run all over and KU hasn't I mean that KU hadn't pushed anyone around offensively and when they were taking every play clock down to one Mm -hmm. it was just milk as much as we can to keep OU off the field I actually think Bean uh, I can't remember his first name he's not a bad quarterback no Jason Bean what a name Mm -hmm. he shows some flashes of like a guy that could be a a, he'll probably be a two three year starter in this league yeah Yeah. and also when the when the safeties are 12 yards off with eight yards to go to the first (laughs) I mean, OU's depth is so bad in the secondary. I keep hearing people talk about, well, once Woody Washington and once DJ Graham and once Delarian Turner yell are back, they'll be better. Yeah, I mean, they probably will be better, but you don't see other elite teams having these drops, right. these drop huge drop-offs from a couple individuals. I mean, yeah. it's – No, and I remember watching the Texas game. It, um, I think his name is Jamie Davis, number four. J.J. Davis. Davis, yeah. He wanted no part of tackling anybody. Oh, he's been like he's that the last few games, yeah. He's gotten worse. He was promising that, freshman It year. seemed like a common theme in the secondary, and I hate to call out that one young man, but it, he did not want to play. He, right, he wanted out. no part of being in the game. No, yeah. he, he is I, I'm pretty struck. sure he was the one that's, that was stiff on the first play at OU Texas. He, he was, and I think he had yeah. another bad slip-up where he got beat deep on a play or something, or yeah. Bijan beat him, I can't remember, but it's not but, a good weekend. But they, clear, they have like a – OU has a – I don't know if it's a motivation issue, but they I think played it is. to their. They did not look like they wanted to be there at all. The no. deep, the penalties were horrible. Yeah. That I mean, first drive offsides, was off their offsides, personal fouls. I mean, it was just not a team that looked like they wanted to be there. I mean, in KU, 
I mean, it was in that game until oh, yeah. the very end. Yeah. Um, if it weren't for heroics of Caleb Williams. Uh, that, that play was one of the, the greatest – I for the moment, that is one of the, the smartest plays. I'm not going to say the greatest plays of all time. It's one of the smartest plays I've ever seen. Yeah, for those I mean, for those that don't know, I mean, any, I'm sure anyone listening to this knows, but uh, he's referring to Caleb Williams t- stripping the ball from his teammate Kennedy Brooks on fourth and one at around midfield, and if they hadn't have got, if you didn't get that first down, or he would have the game, or that K could have got one the game. Yeah, but up five. What do you, I hear a lot of people talking about how it was, should have been forward progress. I mean, yeah. It, could have definitely been forward progress, but I didn't see him in real time. It didn't, I mean, he was, it wasn't like he had, I mean, no, the play was still going. He, he, yeah. And it looked like he was kind of trying to bounce it outside too. Like he got stuffed and then was kind of going to the right. But so and another thing is like a legal handoff or pitch. I think because he, they were behind the line yeah. of scrimmage. You can just, I mean, yeah. That's I think that's I think. just the, that's the, as the rule. It's just, he was I didn't know when, when that happened. I had, I thought OU was going to, I somehow end up not getting, yeah, exactly. I was thinking it was going to be like a pitch, like a forward pitch. And right, right. Like, and another thing, it was so it was so bang bang that I can't even believe it worked. The fact that not only Caleb taking it and having that heads up play to take it, but Kennedy seeing it's Caleb and like knowing it's not a KU guy trying to take it and giving it to him. But I I saw something where they do those like gotta have it plays in practice, and I think that's happened before. So right. Yeah, that was uh OU squeaked by and uh, got the win, but yeah, their defense got some issues to fix moving on to college game day pac 12 matchup oregon beats ucla on the road good rushing performance from travis die and anthony brown anthony brown had 85 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown and travis die had 35 yards but four rushing touchdowns i think he had 16 yards and four touchdowns at one point so good performance from those two and yeah oregon gets the win a lot of people i think had kind of started to write oregon off even though they only have one loss they just haven't looked good but with Thibodeau back and having that win over Ohio State in their back pocket, until they lose again, we can't really, you know, no, when everyone's making their playoff projections, you never see Oregon or Pac-12 team in there. But, I mean, they're just – with the, you know, lack of high-caliber teams in the Pac-12 or elite teams in the Pac-12, they, uh, they're they going to have an opportunity here at the end of the year. And it'll be interesting to see what happens if they do run the table um, and – it comes down to say it, there's a one loss Ohio State and a one loss Oregon. Ohio State clearly right now is starting to pass the eye test, and maybe they will the rest of the year. But uh, you'd have a hard time putting Ohio State in the playoff over Oregon. I know that's looking way ahead, but I feel like everyone's been riding off Oregon for a while, and there and there's a good chance they'll lose another one. But um, how can you can you even do that though? Can you really put Ohio State over Oregon if, if Oregon beat them head to head? Oh no, you shouldn't yeah. be able to. But then yeah. Yeah, no, I, they, it's going to be – we'll get into this later about next week's college football playoff rankings coming out. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how they handle that, uh, especially this early in the season. I probably – I mean, Oregon should probably be ahead of them. And I'm guilty because I think I have Ohio State ahead of Oregon in my little top 25 I put out. But, uh, yeah, Oregon is is definitely not to be taken lightly with Thibodeau back especially. He's a freak. And they're starting to show some some stuff on the ground without when they run the ball that they can be i'd say just about anybody aside from georgia i I mean georgia's yeah i'll I'll put them in a tier of their own this year but oregon when they can run the ball they're pretty damn good yep if they have if they're able to do do stuff offensively because i mean 
They've got dudes on defense. Yeah, Thibodeau is going to be the number one overall pick. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's one of those players. There are certain players in college. Like, I remember uh, Clowney was like that. They just and, look different. Yeah, they just look different. And they just blow up the entire side of the offensive line that they're on. He's so good. All right, moving on. Clemson Tigers, third loss of the year. DJ, I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly. Uyagalele. I think that was yep. pretty good. Uh, benched after throwing a pick six on the first drive of the second half. And Clemson has three losses through seven weeks for the first time since 2010. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> Clemson is not not very good, especially offensively. But Pitt, I mean, they just flat out beat him. I thought I picked Pitt, but I was a little nervous about it. It seemed like a game that Pitt would lose. Yeah, um, yeah it did. But, I mean, they Kenny Pickett's really good there. Solid. I mean, they're the team to beat in the coastal. Every they're undefeated, three and zero in conference, and every other team in their division has at least two losses. So, I mean, they look like uh, a legitimate ACC threat. Uh, I mean, I just don't know what to take. I don't know what to think about the ACC. Really, what do you what do you think about? I was gonna say I'd like to talk to the guy that had Wake Forest and Pitt playing in the ACC title game this year and, <laughs> and ask him what else he likes in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. No. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Kenny Pickett, I mean, if they went out, I don't see why he wouldn't be in New York, right? At the pace he's on. Oh, yeah. No, he'll, he, if they want out, he'll get to New York. Um, I mean, the ACC is bad. Normally, the team that carries the ACC is good and they're bad this year. I mean, they're not a good football team. I wonder how long, um, Clemson would stick around with DJ because the defense is still good. Like, you watch those yeah. games, the defense is still a very good defense. It's they're one of the best, they're a top three defense in the country. I mean, He's been so bad. And I was I was of the belief he was going to be better than Trevor Lawrence from all the hype you'd heard. And then you had the one game at Notre Dame last year. You kind of got a taste, but I don't know. They I don't know what Dabo's plan is, but I wonder how much longer they keep rolling him out there. Yeah, didn't Dabo say that before the season or last year or something, he said that DJ makes Trevor Lawrence look human? Yeah. yeah something along those lines. <laughs> wow, I missed that um here he's got he's got a barely a thousand yards four touchdowns five interceptions through the year and that guy that came in that subbed in for him was horrible too oh really <laughs> yeah dj went back in i think late in the game see they, that's something else you, i mean big picture wise if clemson doesn't get a quarterback we all know that's the most position important position on he's gonna fall anytime soon but if they can't find a guy to give them consistent snaps then they could be in trouble in the long run. Yeah, that's what we were talking about a few weeks ago, how they had uh, uh, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence for all those years, and without them, yeah. who, who knows? When they even had Taj Boyd, and Taj yeah. Boyd, he's a really solid college player. He wasn't an NFLer, but he was, he was a really solid college football player. Yeah, right. as good of a coach as you are at the end of the day, you really can only go as far as your quarterback can take you. I mean – Right, exactly. This, I mean, you're seeing it at, at – I mean, well, I mean, OSU is – better offensively than Clemson so it kind of but OSU's kind of gone through a similar last yeah. couple seasons I, I speaking from personal experience I didn't realize how good I had it with Mason Rudolph I always thought man he just he, he's one play away from one of these big games he can never do it I'm happy to see him leave and then where we're at now I'd, I'd be pumped for that guy to suit it back up yeah yeah, uh, moving on to the SEC. Tennessee was in it till the fourth quarter. Uh, Alabama pulled away late, scoring 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. 
Bryce Young continues his Heisman campaign, completing 31 passes for 371 yards and two touchdowns, and also had 10 rushes, 42 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. So really good game from Bryce Young. Yeah, they they turned when they turned it on there at the end, uh, they got it going. But I'm not really sure what to make out of Alabama at this point in the season. Um, they look good, really, really, really good, like a national championship good at times. But then other times, especially defensively, they look really confused. They got some young – they're young on the back end, mm-hmm. uh, linebacker and DB, and it shows. I mean, they are uh, very confused at times, which is not typical out of Alabama defense. I do think you've seen a little bit more of that in uh, the Pete Golding era of their as their DC. Um, but yeah, something something clicked late for Alabama and they outscored Tennessee 28-7. And that was a one possession game at, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the fourth quarter. I mean, Tennessee was hung around. That score does not indicate how close it really was for most of that game. Um, what do you think? I mean, really, what are what are your thoughts on Alabama? I mean, they're obviously a national title contender. So Alabama reminds me. And not to offend you soon, you two Sooners, but they kind of remind me of like an OU team, not like a not a not Baker's last year, but like maybe the year before, how they show these glimpses of being the best team in the country and they're full well capable of winning a national title or winning a playoff game. But then they have these games where they and Tennessee's a solid football team, but they play down and it just it doesn't click every weekend like it should. So yeah. they're definitely they're they're in that tier two uh, unit with I'd say Ohio State, Oregon, out of respect, and Oklahoma um, this season. But I, I I just don't know. Bryce Young's a good quarterback, but like any freshman, um, he tends to make some mistakes. Yeah, he does the game. I will say the one thing because I haven't been as high as some people on him, but the one thing that really does stand out to me is how. I mean, he's very composed. The game mm-hmm. looks really slow to him. It looks yeah. like he's not running. To, he's athletic, but he doesn't run to run. He runs to make plays, and he seems right. to be getting better and better. And he's got yeah. a rocket of an arm, too. I, I, some of the throws he makes have some mustard on him. Yeah. yeah. And he that doesn't look that big. I don't know what his measurables are. He, he can't be that big, though. No. I, he can't be more than 6'1 or 6'2. They got yeah. him at six foot, 194 pounds, and I bet the weight's a little generous, too. Yeah, he's, uh, he's scrawny. Yeah, I also think this game kind of proves where Georgia's at, that Georgia is clearly just the one team that looks so much better. Everyone's been so consistent. Everyone's assuming that – not everyone. A lot of people seem to be assuming Alabama's just going to go win the SEC title and there's going to be two SEC teams in it. I don't – I think there's a pretty – there's a gap between Georgia and Alabama. I mean, Georgia, don't get me wrong, they can find a way to to blow it. I mean, they're pretty good at that, but – that right now they're I wouldn't put them on the same. I mean, it's Georgia is one, and then that tier two, like you were talking about, really is pretty pretty far behind Georgia. Would you? I don't think I'd throw anybody else in tier two. Would you guys? Who did you say? I have. I would say Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, and Oklahoma are tier two. And Oregon, I honestly only have in there because they beat Ohio State. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't include them in that. Yeah, I agree with that. And then tier three, you'd have like Michigan and Michigan State. Well, Cincinnati, I don't know. Oh, yeah, tier. I'd have Cincinnati in tier two. I would. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. couple other games from week eight. Notre Dame beats USC 31-16. Any comments on that? No. Nah. USC's – even USC – USC's defense is bad enough to make 
Notre Dame suddenly be able to run the ball. So yeah, I knew I knew USC was in trouble when they were talking to their running back about how cold it was going to be there. And <laughs> yeah. Keontae Ingram, this was genuine. <laughs> hey, Keontae Ingram, shout out Carthage, Texas. Is that where he's from? Yeah. All right, moving on. Wake Forest over Army, seventy to fifty-six, and that was a fun game. Yeah. Are you going to do that to the troops? Also, I know seventy points in seventeen minute like time possession. They held the ball for seventeen minutes and has seventy points. <laughs> that is comical. I know it was a big play. Like I had that game on one of my TVs, and every, I mean, every time you look at the screen, there was another score. Yeah, I know. And then last one, thirty-three to seven. By the way, for Michigan, what is it? I sh- it says twenty-three to seven on there, but it was thirty-three to oh. seven. So just okay. Uh, San Diego State remains undefeated after twenty fourteen win over Air Force. Yeah, San Diego State's defense is salty. Yeah. All righty. Parker, Ruley, we'll do Parker first. Who is your top four right now? Okay, top four right now. Um, Georgia clearly won. I think Cincinnati pretty clear too. And I would go with probably Alabama. I'd probably, I'd probably move Alabama to three. And for anyone that complains about, oh, they already have a loss – I mean, yeah, I don't care. I would say they're a top three team in the country, and I don't really wouldn't question that. I'd keep OU at four, but yeah, I don't feel great about that. Yeah, I'd probably go, and I know if you we I know who beat who and all that, but I'd say the four best teams are Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Alabama. I don't. I don't think Cincinnati. Um, I I still doubt. I mean, the schedule is they're really well coached and their quarterback solid, but it's just you're playing like who do they have this week? They've like, got. They're, they're going to be playing a two and three or they play Tulane, I think. Yeah, There's they're going to be one in seven. Yeah, like Tulane's terrible. Yeah. Um, no, I mean they they they're doing what they have to do and beating the doors off of people, but they have to continue at that pace. And I just don't know if that's sustainable, especially with Ohio state getting, we talked about the lineup. I'm sure the big Ten's a little upset Penn state lost or else it'd be top 10 matchup this week. And then the week after that, another top 10 for Ohio state. It's just, I don't, I don't see them staying out. I've got an interesting, interesting one for you. Who, I mean, is Pitt? I mean, could they make a, could they make a run here? I mean, yeah, I don't, their schedule is not that hard. Yeah. Let me see. What are their, do they have a great quality win? Is the only thing with Pitt. No, and they don't, and they have a pretty bad loss. The, the, loss, the loss is bad. Yeah, Western um, Kentucky. I, don't, I think. So let's say they went out and Wake Forest wins out. They're going to have to beat Wake. I mean, so their best game they could win remaining on the schedule is a six and two Virginia team at home. The second to last week of the season. Right. I and mean, so if they say they ran the table this season. There, they would have wins over their big. Their big wins would be at Tennessee, which looks good. Yeah, at Vodtech, Clemson at home, Miami at home. I don't know if I would consider that a big win. I think you, they'd finish in the top ten and play in like a New Year's Six, especially as the ACC champion. Obviously, they. Oh, I mean, if they want one out, they would be. They, you they would have to be in the discussion. There would have to be some dominoes. Like, no, what, I agree. okay, what would what about a one loss pit or a undefeated Cincinnati? I'd probably give the nod to undefeated Cincinnati at that point. I would too. I don't think the Notre got... Dame win is the Notre Dame win is better than any win Pitt would have. Better than at also... Tennessee. 
I think yeah, so. Yeah. And then yeah. also they didn't they go undefeated last year. That's two straight years of doing what they need to do. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I don't and yeah. I and the gap between the schedules isn't that necessarily no, that huge because they Cincinnati did what they had to in the non-conference to like uh, form a competitive schedule. I think they knew that. I'm right. guessing you would say one loss Oregon though over undefeated Cincy. Yeah, it's but yeah, if Oregon finds a way to win out, uh, the win at Ohio State. Was I know it was really early in the season, but they they handled business there. Yep, yeah, I agree. All right, moving on to college football headlines. Parker, I'll just let you go through these. Yeah, so Matt Wells uh, is out as head coach at Texas Tech. He was thirteen and seventeen in his almost three seasons at Tech, but that only seven and sixteen in Big Twelve play. Uh, they had a decent start to this season. They're five and three, two and three in conference. But they had a couple of ugly losses. Giving up last week was bad. I don't know if you watched the game. Yeah, well, give, it was 24 10 at half. I watched the second half of it. When yeah, it was not ugly. good. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was just a weird his whole tenure there. The tech fans didn't seem like they ever wanted him there. No, they were never really behind him. And, um, I have a family who's Texas Tech, huge Raid Raider fans. and they told me there's kind of some animosity between the fans and Kirby Hoka at the AD actually, just because the way he hired um, Wells and um, I guess there's rumors. There's these donors from Midland that wanted him to meet with Dana Holgerson, just meet with him. Don't even have to offer him the job. Uh, never happened. So that created some friction. I, I don't, I don't know. Texas tech historically. I mean, I like, I like pushing their buttons. You two take a guess at how many 10 win seasons they've had since 1970. So I know I I know they had one in 1976. I think that's their one Southwest Conference championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had one in 2008. Is that it? That was the only that two? is it. That's yeah. it. That's two. So wow. you think with how good Leach was that it was just like 10 games every single season. Yeah, no, they're yeah. I mean, their their pinnacle of their football existence is with uh under under Leach. When they, and that was winning. I mean, the one thing that the difference though is he at least, I think you made a bowl game every single year he was there. Which no, he happened. did. Yeah, he did. He did. And he was consistently winning eight games. Eight Tech's, games. Tech is not a very good job. No, it's tough to, it's tough to pitch a kid, in my opinion, on moving four hours from, from Dallas or the DFW area, especially when he could move to Norman or Stillwater and I'd hate or stay in town and go to TCU or SMU Yeah, from the same distance. Like Norman and Stillwater are just as close to Dallas. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's five hours from Dallas and like eight hours from Houston. So think about the Dallas kids can go to OU, OSU, Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, SMU, TCU. They have so many options closer to home. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it could be a good job for the right, the right guy. Now we'll kind of lead into, I guess, potential candidates. A uh, couple of names I would watch for would be the obvious one. The one everyone's going to bring up is Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes at SMU because his dad, Spike, was the head coach at Texas Tech from 1986 to 80, or to 99. And he really is one of the best, uh, the best coaches in Tech history. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a legend over there. But, and that's what, that shows how really low the bar Exactly. Is at Tech because he had two seven win seasons in his 13 years. And he's considered hate, the second I, best coach in Texas Tech history. No, I hate to dump all over Texas Tech because I like growing up, like I always considered like playing Tech a huge game for OSU because mm-hmm. they were pretty, I always assumed they were same level. Like 
oh, they have they have Crabtree, but we have Dez, or we have. I remember the uh, there was a game maybe 2007 when they traded touchdowns and they Tech actually fired their defensive coordinator like after the game, like in Stillwater, because the final score was like 56 to 53 or something ridiculous. Uh, Every time I think of Texas Tech, I always think of the Baker Mahomes when it was like seven. Yeah, just an absurd yeah. <laughs> seventy-one or something like that. Yeah, Another Mahomes. name, and Parker, you might mention it is uh, Jeff Trailer, the UTSA yeah. head coach. Yep, for sure. I want to get one. I want to. I want to get into the trailer here in a second, but I what I do want to get a little bit more into the Sonny Dykes deal. I'll, I think some people will assume that that would be an easy decision for him. Go back home. He knows that job more better than anyone else. I really, outside of fan support and and just Power Five status, and who knows what that even really means at this point, that I think I think that's going to be a significantly better job. Um, I think if they're if they pay Sonny Dykes and if they support him with uh, assistant coaching salary pool, with upgrades to their football ops built or their football ops facility and to the stadium. My understanding is that they feel really, really good about being able to retain them. Um, but if they don't do that, I mean, I don't, I don't think Sonny should – I mean, he knows the good of the Texas Tech job, but he also knows how hard it is to win there. So right. I'm not really that sure that he's – you know, unless SMU is just not willing to pay up, I don't necessarily see him leaving. I mean, SMU, he's also sitting in just a recruiting gold mine that is the, the DFW area. Like, he has no I, – I I personally, if I was in issues, wouldn't leave for the tech job. Yeah, the only thing that me about staying with SMU, though, is the conference uncertainty. You I was about to say that. I exactly. That That's has... the only thing. Yeah. I still think SMU I, – I, I think they're going to – I mean, every when the dust – they're going to wait and see when the dust settles where they're set because I don't think they – I think that, that – they'll probably pitch to him that there's a good chance that something's going to happen somewhere um, that they could get out. Cause they, uh, SMU folks are not, not happy at all about their current conference situation, but they've got chances. I mean, they, they just got to go out and win, um, which Dykes has done. I mean, he's 24 and six since 2019, but he's done that off of, like you said, his pitch to the Dallas recruits and the transfers to come home or stay home, play in your city, um, which he can't do if he does that at tech. You can't. Yeah. Former. Much. Former Oklahoma State wide receiver Rashad Samples. Oh, he's a kind stud. Of killing it on the he, oh, he he might be the best recruiter in the country. He's he's legit. He'll he'll be a, an OC and a head coach before you know it. He, he's a stud. Yeah, if I think if Garrett Riley leaves at some point, he'd be the next guy up at OC there. I mean, if he doesn't, I mean, he was on the Texas staff before. He's, I'm sure he's a hot target um, for some of the Big Twelve schools um, for, for hires this offseason. Um, but yeah. Like you said, Jeff Trailer at UTSA. He is the other really hot name. Uh, they're eight and zero for the first ranked for the first time in school history, and he's got deep Texas roots. He was the Gilmer High School head coach for a while, and he won three state titles in a row at one point there. He was an assistant at UT, at SMU, and then in Arkansas before getting the gig at UTSA. And he's an ace recruiter. He's he's pretty big time on the recruiting trail. Has good connections in the state of Texas with high school coaches. So that would be a, a logical, a logical fit. Um, Apparently, message boards in Red Raider Sports are saying that's already been offered to Jeff. He, the head coaching job has been offered to him. It says if he wants it, um, and they're okay with him taking until the end of the season or something along those lines. But you hmm. know how message boards are. There's a pretty good chance that's not true, but I guess always the off chance that yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, there's a, they, they might even be just throwing that out there and assuming they're going to be, I mean, there's a good chance they'll be right, whether that's actually true at this point or not. Hey, what about uh, one name that I've seen pop up in a couple articles I've read, and I think there's n- no chance this happens because it would be just such horrible publicity, but what about the, t- the son of Lubbock, Art Bryles? See, my, I, I asked my, my uncle and cousins, I was like, how would you feel about Art Bryles? They said, absolutely the hell not. But to the same token, they'd be willing to oh. welcome his son in. They would, they, would, they would take Kendall Bryles as the head coach. Yeah, yeah, they, they for sure would, would take Kendall Bryles. He's in another name, similar situation would be Jeff Lebby, the OC at, uh, at Ole Miss, because he's Bryles' son-in-law. Interesting. Yeah. I, hmm. I do wonder, though, if I don't think – I'm of the personal opinion. I don't think Bryles could come back into college coaching and just and just start dominating the way he was. Because you look no. at a guy like Chip Kelly who went to the NFL and then sat out for a couple of years and then came back. He's not – he doesn't have a UCLA role. And I know those are different programs, but um, it's taken him a while to get UCLA to where they're winning and being competitive in a lot of football games. So I don't think our Bryles would just come in and, and hit the ground running. I also think you'd have a hard time recruiting. I mean, I don't necessarily think there's going to be a ton of parents wanting to send their sons to go play for Art Bryles. No, and you wouldn't think so. And I also, I don't know if – is Kendall Bryles totally clean at all that? I mean, surely I mean, he not. Was at, he was at Baylor. Exactly. So there's there's no way he's totally innocent. Now, if his dad came out and totally took all of his share of the blame and was like he had nothing to do with it. But they have, they have quotes from Kendall that are uh, pretty damning. So I, I just don't – I don't see either of those happening. But um, Kendall knows what he's doing um, from the way his offenses play. Oh yeah, no, there he's uh, he'll get a shot probably eventually. Uh, and then one last name that I wanted to toss in there would be an interesting one is uh, Brett Venables. He was a candidate for this job the last time around. I don't know if he was actually seriously considering it, uh, but he and Kirby Hoka were roommates and teammates at K State. So wow. Yeah, something good to, time to jump ship off of Clemson too. I was about yeah, to say. I know that's right. The, the the seas are a little rough. It could be mm-hmm. his. Maybe you know, he's finally ready. Yeah, so hmm. something to keep an eye on there. Any any other? Either of you have any other names? Uh, nope. Toss in. Um, you could always throw in Mike Leach. I mean, Mississippi State's terrible. I think that's that a guy. Awesome. Probably he's probably over the hill, but that would sell season tickets and <laughs> yeah, probably definitely. win back some of the fan base. But it's I, I'm pretty sure my understanding Kirby Hocutt kind of wants to close the page on that chapter of Texas Tech football, which is why he went with Wells in the first place. But um, yeah, I'd imagine Leach doesn't now. really love everyone in Lubbock either. Right? Point. Yeah, there's probably still some disdain there, but highly unlikely. But a fun name to just throw out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go into another coaching search. We've talked about USC job opening up. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have seen. Carson Palmer went on Dan Patrick show, tossed out some candidates that he saw for the job uh, or they, that he, and he claims to be pretty in the know, but, uh, and you know, the typical guys, Luke Fickle, James Franklin, Matt Campbell, he tossed all those in there, which isn't surprising, but then real wild card. You mentioned Mike Tomlin, uh, Steelers head coach. Untrue. It's not true. Apparently they asked him about oh, it. Oh yeah. I know. I know Mike Collins probably not going to do it. I'm just saying that Carson yeah, yeah. Palmer. Like mentioned that, which was really, really bizarre. I thought that is, that yeah. Is Mike Tomlin was very, very adamantly. Oh yeah, he said uh, that's a joke to me, and then like 
went on to say, I've got one of the best jobs in professional sports. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? He also said something along the lines of, there's not a blank check a donor could write me big enough. Yeah. And I, um, to come do I that. think there, I think there is, I think there would, I think there's a, a price for everyone. And I think there are people at USC that have the money to do it. I don't think yeah. that would ever happen. I don't think that, you know, anyone's going to pay him 10 or $12 I mean, million, got, dollars, but there is a price the- for everyone. Yeah, he's got one of the best jobs in football, though. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, Steelers, no. I'm, Clint, you know better than I do. The Steelers have had, what, like five head coaches ever? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, he ain't After leaving. Tower, it's been Tomlin, and it's, he's, he does he's have dealt a, with a ton, too. With yeah, and he does, have a collegiate, he does have a collegiate background. He coached in college for a little bit. It's kind of like, a, I think, a DBs or receivers coach at smaller schools, but there's just no chance in hell. I don't know yeah. who they're going to hire. Cause they don't, there's not really like a ton of USC. I saw like Jeff Fisher's name in the mix. That's a joke. Yeah, I saw that. No way that's happening. What do you, I, I really don't know. I think, I mean, if you had to place a bet on someone, who'd you go with? Uh, Franklin. That's a good question. I'd say Franklin. If so, let's say they lose to Ohio state and then they, they lose to Michigan and then Michigan state. And somehow they, if they go on a skid, basically, in the season, I mean, if if USC's going to throw him a pretty penny and he gets to go live in beautiful sunny California and he just lost four straight to ranked in the top ten, I mean, maybe that's enough to make a guy want to move. He's he's been in Pennsylvania for a while now. I don't know how you can resist LA. I don't know where he's from, but I I guess he's the favorite. But they'll probably do something a little stupider and and go after like a coordinator or somewhere. Yeah, this is a huge hire for USC. And, but either way, James Franklin's getting paid this offseason. Do you see he yeah. switched over to Jimmy Sexton? He's one of the, the big dogs and of the sports agent. So, I mean, whether it's from USC or more than likely, probably he's going to get a big old pay raise from Penn State. Okay. So, Franklin is, he's a Pennsylvania guy. Grew yeah. up in Pennsylvania, played D2 football in Pennsylvania. So, I don't know about the California thing. But he won in but Nashville. He won in Nashville at Vanderbilt. And not I, many people do that. Right. And so that makes you I mean, and I know he really rode the whole Nashville thing, being Nashville's team. Think about how much easier it would be to go to USC. Oh, we're in LA. Are we LA. It's just going to take one guy to get in there and recruit. I'm, it is, it's a sleeping giant. Yeah. For that conference. And pretty much the, that conference needs USC to be good. Yeah. I feel like there, there's been so many names thrown out there that nothing really has stuck much at all. Yeah. We won't really know. I mean, I think the, Texas Tech and uh, USC and some of these other schools that are hopping on, hopping on this early, we'll know earlier with them because they'll hop on it quicker. But I, it still won't be until after the regular season ends. I don't think that we actually know what any of these schools because no, no sitting head coach is going to just going to jump shit midseason. No, so uh, it might be a while before we actually know. But um, yeah, and then moving along here. Uh, some news and uh, conference realignment, another domino and conference realignment uh, Sunbelt is expanding, is expanding with uh, the conference USA getting eaten alive. Uh, any, all the conference USA schools are putting their, their hand out trying to get picked up by someone else. So Southern missed the Sunbelt, which is a good fit. Uh, they'll be the, their 11th football uh, team in the conference and they'll join by 2023. Uh, and per sources, Sunbelt's also close to adding Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison. Um, so that would leave the Conference USA with five schools, La Tech, Western Kentucky, <laughs> Middle Tennessee, 
Florida International and UTEP. What an odd bunch of schools spread all over the place. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to expand uh, at an FCS school or two. I think like Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, Tarleton State are some schools to keep an eye out for there. But yeah, that OU Texas Domino, I mean, has, and I don't even know if we've seen the last of it, but there's ripples everywhere. No, and this is this is a random fun fact. If you had to, it's not football, but Western Kentucky's basketball team. Were you aware they are in the top twenty of all time for most wins in the NCAA? Wow, I did not know that. Their basketball I, program I, is legit. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I I hadn't I didn't know specifically top twenty, but I have seen some lists with all time wins and they are stats. a very good basketball program. And I don't know what their coach is doing, but like he he pulls in five stars. I mean, I'm sure it's some payment yeah. going on. But <laughs> I mean, he he gets guys in there, but I I don't know what the the conference USA is going to do. They're they're in hot water. Yeah, what I I mean the ones that stood UTEP. Getting left out, Middle Tennessee getting left out weren't. I mean, those are, aren't surprising. But Louisiana Tech's been a program with a lot of stability over the last couple decades. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida International, uh, I thought maybe they have a chance to get picked up by someone because I mean they're in a good location uh, down in South Florida. But yeah, they're uh, man. The Conference USA has gone from a league that at one point had like Louisville and Cincinnati and Houston an SMU and Memphis to a, a five team conference with literally no hope. Yeah. Things are looking bleak for those couple schools and I'm sure they'll end up landing somewhere, even if it's just playing an independent schedule or um, starting their own thing. I don't know, but something will happen for those schools. Yeah. All right. Uh, ready to move on. Yep. Okay. Moving on, we got a fan question this week. So, Danny from Orlando, what will you be looking for when the college football playoff committee drops its first rankings on Tuesday? This will be next Tuesday. Yeah. So, next Tuesday, the first college football playoff rankings come out, right? And I think it's again, they're doing it in between those uh, championship classic college basketball games. Mm. So, that's always fun. Yeah. Um, but I'll be looking to see what the first thing I'll be looking for is where is Cincinnati? Um, I think they're going to be lower than two. I don't, I think they're going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if, I, if they're outside the top four. Wow. Um, based off of the playoff committee's history of their, their treatment of, of uh, group of five programs, uh, the, the win over Notre Dame will make a difference. But I mean, even that, I don't know if it's going to be enough to have them in the top four. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two one loss teams ahead of them. Um, but I mean, if they're sitting up there in the top three or four at this point, uh, I'd feel much better if I was a Cincinnati fan um, about the chances because uh, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think they're going to be outside the top 10 or anything, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them down at like five or six. Um, but yeah, that'll be the first thing I'll be looking for. So how would how would Cincinnati move up? Let's say they are at six. That's That gives me more more things need to happen than we thought if they're, if they, they come out as six. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm purely based in that off of their history of the playoff committee, but maybe mm-hmm. that whenever Notre Dame is enough and team is being down. Um, but I'd be, I, and I think the winner of Michigan, Michigan state will be ranked in front of them. I think more than likely it's a good point. 
I think more than well, obviously George will be ranked in front of him. Uh, I think OU. I think they might be. I don't know. I I I don't know. But Cincinnati is what I'll be looking for. I don't know, really. Is there anything? Um, probably first thing I'd be looking for is listening to something, and it's going to be the committee's explanation when they rank Ohio State ahead of Oregon. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Because they're they're probably going it, like I I have a feeling they're going to do that. If I'm wrong, I hope I am wrong because Oregon deserves to be in front of them because they beat them. But I have a feeling Ohio State will be in the top four. Yeah, especially been- when they win Saturday in pretty convincing fashion. Yeah, I think if the thing is if yeah it's inexcusable if if two teams are within like three spots of each other and you have the winning team behind the team uh, a team that won on the road behind them it makes no sense no. like i mean if there's a big gap i mean if if there's clear i mean if oregon was a two loss team and they were five or six spots behind ohio state it would make sense but yeah that's going to be uh that will, if that is the case i'm sure reese davis will be asking who is i don't think is who cut the chair still or i think someone I don't else think so someone else I, I don't know i forget who it is this year but yeah i mean besides that interested to see how they handle oklahoma being undefeated but not really passing the eye test um and then just also cincinnati opponents past and future uh, that'll be see how they gauge the the competition if how high smu is how, how high notre dame is if maybe Houston or if Houston beats SMU, um, if they how high they could be. I mean, there's just there's so much movement always between the first playoff rankings and what we see at the end. Uh, the main thing I would say is just for fans of teams, don't overreact because I mean, a few years ago, Ole Miss and Mississippi State were in the top four of the initial playoff rankings, so uh, a lot can change. But I mean, Cincinnati, I think that's the the main thing to keep an eye out on. Yeah. All right, moving on to week nine preview. Let's go ahead and make our picks. Started off pretty good slate this weekend. Started off with probably the best game of the weekend. Michigan, four and a half favorites at Michigan State. Yeah, um, like you said, Michigan favorite on the road. Uh, first time these two teams have been or have met as top 10 opponents in 57 years. Um, surprisingly, Michigan State's actually a little more of the explosive team while Michigan – uh, rise a little more on the defense. Um, Michigan won at Northwestern last week, 33 to seven, um, which in itself isn't that impressive, but they did it with both their guards out, uh, Zach Zenter and Trevor Keegan. And they're going to need ideally both those guys back against uh, Michigan State defense, which strength is the interior um, and the run defense. There's a, maybe a bit of a going to be a bit of a quarterback situation brewing. At Michigan with uh, Cade McNamara, the veteran guy who's been starting all year. Um, we know who he is. He's a good game manager, but doesn't seem to be able to show off his athleticism like J.J. McCarthy can, who's the young freshman quarterback, five-star kid. Um, so I would look to see if they use McCarthy a little more to generate some spark offensively to be able to, you know, especially if it if the scoring gets a little a little high more a little more high scoring than. Um, expected. Uh, Michigan's really been relying on the run so far. Uh, Blake Corum and Hassan Haskin have both been studs. Both have 10 rush, rushing touchdowns. Um, but yeah, if those offensive linemen are out, Michigan's might struggle more on the ground and would need some some plays from a quarterback. So that's why I think you watch for J.J. McCarthy. And then for Michigan State, 
Um, elite run game. We all know about that. Kenneth Walker, one of the Heisman front runners, three yards away from a thousand yards on the season. Um, and because of the success they have on the ground, Peyton Thorne's been one of the best in the country uh, throwing the ball on play at uh, and play action. Uh, they're averaging over 14 yards per attempt, and he's got nine touchdowns, so only one interception in play action. So Michigan State has the more explosive offense, but Michigan's got a really, really good defense with two guys on the edge that can get after the quarterback. Uh, and Michigan State, kind of weirdly, after watching uh, their play, they they mask some kind of some question marks on their offensive line, um, which is surprising when you look at their running numbers. Um, but they've got good play calling um, and a, a really, really elite running back in Kenneth Walker to mask some of those issues. But that being said, I'm going to go with Michigan State here. Being in East Lansing and being that Harbaugh tends to struggle against their rivals, um, I just think Michigan State has more firepower, more explosion to go along with a really, really good defense. I mean, their interior is one of the best uh, defensive interiors in the country. So uh, as good as Michigan's defense is, uh, I think the gap between the two offenses is bigger than the gap between the two defenses. So with it being in East Lansing, I think Michigan State wins uh, a really close one. I'm going to pick Little Brother as well. I like Michigan State. Um, I think Kenneth Walker is the difference Saturday. All right, moving on. Texas plus three against Baylor. Really, I'll let you start this one out. Um, I mean, the recipe for beating Texas is kind of out there now, isn't it? Um, Bijan's going to get his. We know that. And Jalen Warren had a pretty good game against the Bears, too. So it's not like they're going to just shut down um, Bijan. Uh, that being said, it is kind of weird seeing Texas as a three-point dog here. I'm not, I'm not like sold on Baylor, but their rushing attacks legit. Um, they run the ball really, really well, and you kind of saw in that OSU game and and the OU game too. UT's defense, I don't know if it's they get tired or they just get worn down, but they start giving up chunk plays to the run game late, and mm-hmm. Baylor's going to keep on the on the pedal um, on the ground. So I I, I kind of like Baylor. Yeah, Texas' rush defense sucks. They're 115th in the country against the run 106 total so um combine that with like you said a really good rush offense for baylor i think baylor has the sneakiest top 15 offense in the country they're top 15 in yards per game and points per game which is shocking to me yeah they're good but i mean i I mean they're they're not i mean they're not out there up tempo i mean they just get chunk play after chunk play so um it's working for them and then and to go along with one of the better defenses in the Big 12, giving up less than 19 points per game, forced 11 turnovers. But if they do have a weakness defensively, it is on the ground where they're giving up about 135 yards per game. It's not bad by any means, but it's not not elite either. That's sixth in the Big 12. So, Especially when you're trying to stop Bichon. Yeah, so there, there could be a formula there. At some point, I think that there's going to be a team that of these three – um, a Baylor, OSU, and I would say I think one of them is going to get knocked out or knocked kind of off track by an outsider or a team that's not really in a, in a pole position right now. And I think that's going to come this weekend. Um, I really do think Baylor is good, but this is a, a must win. Not a must. It's a must win game for Texas if they want to yeah, shot. It's big, yeah, it's a big, it's big game. Yeah, so I think, I think Texas is going to will its way to a win. All right, moving. Well, really, do you want to make a pick there? I don't know if you. Oh yeah, I'll I'll take I'll take Baylor. Okay. All right, moving to the Big Ten. Good matchup. Penn State eight and a half 
point dog 18 against, and a half or 18 18 and a half <laughs> point dog against ohio state what did i say eight eight, eight and a half oh yeah yeah Doesn't 18 and a half. Seem i don't know enormous. what it does i love i i i well, i think ohio state's gonna win this i think i really like penn state plus 18 and a half though i think i really really like it i think yeah. ohio state's been beating up on some really bad teams over the last month and looked good doing it don't get me wrong and i think there's something to be said about looking the part even against bad teams for example ou has not really done that so ohio state uh over the last month they have been rolling they're averaging nearly or they are averaging 570 yards 75 yards per game nearly 58 points but those teams are combined 11 and 18 penn state as susceptible as their defense looked against illinois especially on the ground um i still think they'll be able to slow down Ohio State more the show than than probably anyone except for Oregon um, thus far. And so I think they're going to be able to hang around. But, I mean, they're not going to be able to keep – they're not going to win the game. I don't think so. Sean Clifford, if he's not – he's not fully healthy uh, and can't do – you know, help himself a little bit on the ground, I think – uh, they're they're in trouble offensively, but I do think they'll hang around and uh, you know cover the cover the eighteen and a half. Yeah, this is probably a spread I wouldn't touch, but I think Ohio State. Uh, I, I I don't disagree. I think Penn State will hang around in this game, but probably end up losing by thirteen or so. Um, I like Ohio State though. I want to. I wonder if if that how good the Ohio State or how bad the Ohio State defense is defense is really we know yeah how good they were or how bad they were early in the season they seem to have fixed some things the play calling and scheme since they made the change at dc and and demoted Kerry combs but they haven't played anyone so i mean well penn state has athletes so I mean, you right never, they, never they'll really be able to, they'll be able to get closer to matching the, the ohio state athletes than anybody so far this year aside from oregon but I don't know but, if this is the best defense or the best offense for yeah. uh, best Ohio State's defense. Yeah, and Columbus primetime night game, ABC. I mean. It'll be rocking there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. All right, moving to the SEC. Georgia minus 14 against Florida. I'm not sure. Is this at Florida? No, it's neutral site. They play in Jacksonville. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, the, the uh, cocktail party. Cocktail party. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a fun a fun rivalry, little neutral side action down in Jacksonville. Um, but Florida's Florida folks are probably not really looking forward to this one. Uh, they have three losses already. After that Alabama game, I think people had some pretty lofty expectations. Their defense is really really bad. LSU tore them up a couple weeks ago. Kentucky's torn them up. I mean, they're not good. Uh, their offense is solid, but turnover prone. And still really don't know if it's going to be Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. Richardson Richardson seems to me like the better athlete, better player guy I would go with. Um, And they're probably the best offense George has seen thus far. Uh, But George has just been so, so good. Setson Bennett uh, is doing what he needs to do uh, in replacement of JT Daniels. And at this point, I don't know if Bennett's going to give up this job. They're about the same, in my opinion. Yeah, they're both. They could, they could solid. play out of those kids, and they'd be fine. Yeah, and like they're top twenty in scoring offense, thirty-eight points a game. But 
I still not buying this offense. I think if if they get into a battle at some point, into a test at some point, I don't I I don't know if Stetson Bennett's a guy that can go win you a game when you really need him to. And he struggled against Florida, so I'm not I'm not really I'm not ready to put Georgia on upset alert. But Florida's going to be ready to go for this game. Yeah, they had the week off. Yeah, this weekend, so. I, this is another one where I like the, I like the underdog to cover. Yeah. I don't think Florida's going to win, but I think this game's. I think Florida. I think the Gators will hang around pretty pretty late into this game. Yeah, stats go out the window in the rivalry game. At least one with teams with athletes like this. Yep. Yep. I think um, if you were going to play Georgia, I would. I think it's at fourteen right now. I'd probably try and get a half point to thirteen and a half if you were going to lean Georgia. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, another SEC game, Ole Miss, two-and-a-half-point dogs at Auburn. Yep. Um, so, Bo Nix coming off – they were had a bye last week, but week before had that potentially career career game against Arkansas where he had 334 yards, three touchdowns, and beat a good Arkansas team by a couple of touchdowns, plus one. Um, and Auburn, as poor as they've looked at times against, you know, Georgia State, against you know just dumb silly mistakes against penn state and they still control their own destiny to sec title only one loss uh an sec play they have alabama at home and so if they can get past ole miss this week i mean auburn's i don't think they're good enough to do that but they're they're kind of hanging around um ole miss has won three straight again or since that bama loss Really, really strong run game. Had 266 yards between Ely and Connor, their two backs against LSU. Plus what we know Corral can do on the ground and then all the weapons they have around him. Uh, Ole Miss has been playing some better defense lately. Uh, really, really slowed down. A solid LSU offense last week. This is a game I am gone back and forth on. I'm going to go with Ole Miss just because I think I do think they're the better team. They Clearly, have the better quarterback, um, the better offense. Uh, I do think it's going to be a t- really, really tough atmosphere. I think it's going to be rocking at Jordan Hare, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, go with Ole Miss here. Uh, honestly, I, I think I'm going to take Auburn. I like uh, Tank Bigsby. He's a really solid runner. I think he's averaging something. I think I read over six yards a carry at home this year. Um, and Ole Miss, yeah, their defense has definitely improved, especially in the run game, but it's still got some major holes. And Bo Nix is a really – he's a way different quarterback at home. I don't know what it is, but he is a far better quarterback when he's playing in the home blue for Auburn. So, I like like Auburn in this one. Okay. And sorry, I'm just moving us along here. Clinton, I was whispering about what we're doing next year. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll just kind of go rapid fire, just make our picks in these last couple of games. Iowa, Wisconsin. I'm going to go with Iowa. I don't feel really comfortable saying that, but their defense and special teams has been so elite for basically every game except last week. The sa- at this point, the sample size shows more than likely they'll force a couple of turnovers. And with the way Graham Mertz is playing, I really think they'll turn him over several times so he loves turning it over so i I pick iowa as well all right smu houston good one in the american winner this game is gonna really be in the driver's seat to make an appearance in the conference title game ponies rolling offensively but they've had a 
really weak schedule besides that TCU game to this point. So this is their first test in conference play. Um, kind of strength for strength, SMU's offense best in the probably best in the conference against Houston's defense, uh, which is one of the best, only giving up 17 points a game. Really good third third down defense. Um, I'm going to go with SMU here. I think it's going to be a good game. I think they just got too much firepower um, against a Houston team that is improving, but um, hasn't shown yet against a, a good team. They haven't beaten anyone good yet, so I'll go with the Ponies here. I like SMU as well. I, I like you said, too much firepower. I think they, I think they can still score it well, even against a little bit better team. Yeah, and then lastly, just one thing I wanted to mention I had here was their defense is improving. Jim Levitt, not surprising, has turned them around in there. They also got a really good red zone defense, giving up uh, less than um, 35%. Or teams are only getting first downs on less than 35%, and they're only giving up 22 points a game. So um, if their defense keeps improving, again, if they can get by Houston, that game against Cincy is going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh now we'll uh, go OU Tech. Tech is or Tech coming on off of firing Matt Wells, traveling to OU. Cumbie, I think, is going to be the interim. So I think Tech could get weird here. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, what's this? Do we know what the quarterback situation is? Is uh, is uh, Show going to be back for this one, or is he still out? Do you know? I don't even think he's that good. Even if he is back, yeah, no, he's. I don't think he's either. Um, they they use another kid actually on like for like goal like a belldozer type deal. Yeah, but um, I think he's a true freshman. He runs pretty well I, I, from what I saw. But the OU's going to roll him. What time is the game? Two thirty. They're going to roll him. They're, they might win by thirty points. Yeah, I think OU wins big. I'm just you just never know though with a coaching change. Uh, but yeah, being in Norman, I'm I'm. I think OU wins um, by a couple touchdowns. And I would hate to accidentally mush the University of Oklahoma. I would hate <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but sure. I, I think I think OU is going to beat them pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they, if they can't get if they're not ready to roll for this one, I mean, they might not turn it on. All. Normally, yeah. OU turns it on by this point in the year, so it has been a little odd to see. But that's why I just keep saying the next week is the one they actually do do it. But yeah. this time, for real, I think they'll beat them pretty bad. Yeah, and if they don't, then that that home stretch is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame finally showed a little life on the run game last week against USC. North Carolina has been such a disappointment. Uh, I don't think – I think this will be a close game. I think Notre Dame is going to win. They just keep winning. It's not always pretty, but they win. They've got, you know, just – they haven't shown those – glaring holes that North Carolina has. I mean, it's at North or at Notre Dame. I'm, I'm surprised that it's a Notre Dame's only a three and a half point favorite, honestly, in this one. Uh, God, looking at, I mean, they are, I mean, North Carolina is, you talk about a disappointment. It's two years in a row. I think they've been projected to be the team to challenge Clemson. And no, last year, last year, they over, they, they, last year was there. They, I would think they overachieved. God, I mean, Sam Howell, he was, he's not Spencer Rattler territory, but this is a guy who's thinking, hey, maybe it was a good year. I'm sitting in New York in January, and I'm hearing my name called in the first 10 picks. I just uh, – He's been bad. Yeah. He's been bad. <laughs> he's been really inconsistent. Um, but I like Notre Dame, and like you said, kind of just like an ugly, sloppy win, but I think they get it done. Um, 
Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall is returning to BYU for the first time since he left there. Mm. This, I think this is one of the more underrated games of the weekend. BYU yeah, completed the sweep of the Pac-12 going 4-0. Virginia, sneaky 6-2 and team with a really high-powered offense led by Armstrong. Um, I like BYU here at home. I think BYU is going to cover this one. I think they're a little more physical um, on the offensive line and defensively. Um, so I think BYU will win here and will cover. I like BYU too. It, it, I hate to say them, the good people of Provo are going to be too hostile towards their former head coach, but um, it'll be a fun environment. Virginia's traveling basically halfway, I mean, all the way across the country to play this game. Um, I like BYU. Another West Coast game, good one in the Mountain West. Fresno State and that high-powered offense are traveling to San Diego State. Fresno's a one-point dog. Um, San Diego State has not given up uh, over 24 points to any opponents this year. They're fifth nationally in yards per game allowed, seventh in points per game allowed, and they're kind of the opposite for, for Fresno. Uh, they've got the ninth best uh, passing offense nationally led by Jake Hayner. I'll go with San Diego State here at home. I think they continue the undefeated streak. I think they'll hold Fresno State in check uh, to an extent at least. And, yeah, I think San Diego State uh, keeps it rolling. And if, you know, Cincinnati uh, stumbles at some point, they're a team that can put themselves in position to be a New Year's Six Bowl team. Yeah, Fresno State emotional win last week over Nevada. San Diego State's defense is legit after watching against Air Force. They're, they're, they're pretty solid, obviously, compared to the competition they're playing. But um, give me the Aztecs. All right. Uh, a game that would have been really good five or six years ago, Florida State at Clemson. Um, Florida State's a 10-point dog, and neither of these teams have been impressive at all. I think Clemson's going to win this one. I don't know if they'll score more than 21 points, but I think they win in one of the uglier games of the weekend. I, I, God, I mean, Florida state is so bad, but something makes me want to pick them because Clemson, they've not, I, when was the last time Clemson had to deal with adversity like this? 2010 since the, since the days of Clemsoning a long time. So yeah. I think Florida State maybe wins a weird one here, and then it starts the true spiral for for Man, Clemson football imagine. fans. Imagine already happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, last one here: UCLA is traveling to Utah. Big one in the Pac-12 South. Like we said, you just never know who's going to go down next. Utah, look, right when it looked like they were the team to beat in the South, they go up to Beaverton and lose to uh, to Oregon State. So. Uh, and then UCLA coming off an emotional loss to Oregon. This one's in Utah. I like the Utes. I think the wheels kind of starting to come off for UCLA, UCLA a little bit. And Salt Lake City is just a tough place to play. So I think uh, Utes will win this one. I was going to say the same thing. Utah's uh, got a good environment for a game. Never been, but you can just tell um, opposing teams struggle when they visit there. So I, I like Utah as well. All right. That's our week nine preview. Let's finish up with some trivia. Wait, really, really quick. Just I want to ask both of you guys, Go what game are you most excited for this weekend outside of Michigan, Michigan State? I think this might just be Big 12 fandom, but Texas at Baylor is really interesting, especially because what that means for both of those teams' outlook in the Big 12 
it's just a big, big game for the Big 12, the top of it. I'd say I really am intrigued by Ole Miss-Auburn because um, we'll see if one of them actually uh, – obviously Ole Miss has already played them, but if Auburn wins this, Iron Bowl's looking even bigger than it already was if uh, Auburn didn't shoot themselves in the foot. So I think that'll be a really good game. I'll just to pick something different. I probably would have gone with that Texas Baylor game too, but I'll go with the Georgia Florida game. I just think this is the one. If Georgia is going to get tripped up at some point before the SEC title game, I think it could be this one, just because the floor, the athletes Florida has rivalry game. Georgia could get tested a little more defensively, and if it's a close game, I just. I want to see Stetson Bennett in a close game, so yeah, I'm excited about that one. Also, by the way, Utah losing to Oregon State. Oregon State's good. They are. They, they're they're building a, a legit uh, program up there. They're not bad. Though. I'm glad OSU got those games out of the way. Yeah, that's uh, what Jonathan Jonathan Smith has. Done, I think that's his name. Their head coach has done there is really really impressive. Um, keep it in the Big Twelve too. TCU K State's another game I'll probably tune into just because. I have no clue if either of those teams are terrible or good or what mm-hmm. the deal is. There. TCU no. needs a win. Yeah, the, the three. Gary Patterson right needs a win. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't. I have no read on that game. I either of no. them could win by a hundred points, and I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Yeah. I, know. I have no idea what to expect there. All right. Now it's officially trivia time. Ruley, you ready over there? Yep. All right. I like the questions this week. Question one, what bowl game was won by the following three teams from most recent to least? So it'll be 2021 or 2020 or whatever. And yeah. then back Iowa state Clemson LSU. That's I think the Fiesta Bowl because I know Clemson or cause Iowa state beat Oregon. Yeah. I was going to say Iowa state played it last year. One for one question two, what coach had this career path from 1995 to 2016 Ole Miss, Auburn, Texas tech, Cincinnati, Tuberville. Yep. All right, Legend. two for two. Center. Question three. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Question three, who is the most recent Pac-12 Bolitnikoff winner? That's got to be Cooks, right? Brandon Cooks? I think. Who else could it? I'm just – Or did you win it? No. Let's go with Brandon Cooks. Three for three. Nice. Yeah, there we go. Question four, what SEC quarterback led the nation in touchdown passes in 2017? Would that have been Tua? That's not my answer. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm trying to think. Not whoever was at Auburn, not Georgia. Nobody at Kentucky, not Ole Miss, not Arkansas. And I don't think Trask was playing it around yet at Florida. No, he wasn't there. LSU's quarterback wasn't any good by then. But was two, was two of the quarterback, or was that Jalen the quarterback in 2017? Oh, two has been in the league two years. So, so I think that league. was the season. I think Jalen was the starter that year, so I don't think it would have been Jalen. Rick. Let's just, I think we have to go two. I think we're out of town. Yeah, yeah, I was letting you guys talk it out. It's a team that you wouldn't think of. I'll give you another shot. And that's uh, C. A team you wouldn't think of. Oh, oh SEC. Missouri Mississippi or State. What? Missouri or Mississippi State or Ole Miss or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know who is it. It's Drew Lock, Missouri. Ah, no, I saw see, that. Missouri. Damn. Damn. <laughs> that was All right, question. one for four or uh, three for four. Question five: What Heisman Trophy winner is missing from this sequence? So that these are in order. There's a blank. You fill this okay. Heisman winner in. 
James Winston, Marcus Marietta, blank, Lamar Jackson. James Henry? It's got to be Derrick Henry. He feels about that time. Four for five. Good That's performance good. this week. Yeah. Quick work, quick work. Yeah. Those were quick work. We knew the answers right away. On the, on you guys the together, a little better than Parker alone, have a little answers to rattle off of each other. You know, I'm just, we're just vibing. It's I, nice to very true. Yeah. All right. That is episode 14, I believe. Parker, you want to close us out? Yep. As always, just love to reiterate, we appreciate everyone listening. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's going to get more fun with Ruli here. Um, just another really, really good slate of games this weekend. So we'll be we'll be locked into those. Uh, follow our social media at Fifth Year Podcast on Twitter and at the Fifth Year Podcast on Instagram. And also give us a follow all of us personally if you if you don't already. We're you know, tweeting stuff out. I'd say Twitter, big Twitter guys. So uh, love any support there. But yeah. Let's uh, let's have a good weekend in college football.